You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 65. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. In order to scale to seven figures, we need to realize that we can't do it all ourselves, nor should we. When you're committed to scaling up, you know you need to build your support team around you. But where do you find top talent? How do you know when it's the right time to hire? How do we ensure that we find the right team members that will make scaling easier? Well, my guest today is a business systems and outsourcing expert, and she's sharing all of her outsourcing secrets with us today. Hey, hey, I'm Monica Louie, and welcome to episode 65. Thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. Before we dive into the interview, if you are new to the podcast and don't know me yet, then I want to welcome you. I'm Monica Louie. I'm a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, and I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six and seven figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than $2.5 million in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. And we are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And while I absolutely love teaching about Facebook and Instagram ads, the goal of this podcast is to discuss what it really takes to build a seven-figure online business. And hiring top talent to support you and your business is a huge part of scaling. My guest today is Kayla Sloan. Kayla is a coach for virtual assistants and a business systems and outsourcing expert, working with successful six and seven figure entrepreneurs since 2014. Kayla is the founder of Six Figure Systems, the consulting program that helps business owners scale with systems and build a virtual team. She's also the founder of 10K VA, her flagship program where she teaches virtual assistants how to earn up to $10,000 per month working online. As you'll hear in the interview, I had the great fortune of working with Kayla when she was a key player on my team for nearly two years. Kayla was an integral part of helping me put into the systems and processes that my team and I still use today. So I knew she was the perfect person to join me for this conversation. She's an absolute sweetheart. And I know you're going to love this interview as much as I do. In this episode, Kayla and I discuss all the key questions when it comes to hiring, including when to hire, how to attract top talent to your team, how much you can expect to pay for your new team member, what you shouldn't leave out of your hiring process, how to build trust with your team, the most common mistakes business owners make when hiring, and a whole lot more. Whether you're actively searching for your next key team member now, or you know that it's an inevitable part of your business growth, this episode is going to help you take the guesswork out of finding the top talent you need to help you achieve your business goals. Before we dive in, I want to make sure you know that you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 65. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E.com slash the number 65. Okay, let's get to it. Here's my interview with Kayla Sloan from kaylasloan.com. Kayla Sloan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited for our conversation today. 
I'm really excited to be here. So thank you so much for having me on, Monica. Oh, this is going to be so fun. Okay. So tell everybody who you are and what you do. So my name is Kayla Sloan and I am a coach uh, for virtual assistants. And I also am a business systems and outsourcing expert. I have been working with successful six and seven figure entrepreneurs since 2014. And um, I'm also the founder of Six Figure Systems, which is my consulting program where I work with business owners to scale their systems and build a virtual team. I love it. Okay. And you and I actually worked together for quite a long time back then. You want to share what, what you helped me with? Yes. So I did have the pleasure and privilege of working with Monica and Team Flourish for almost two years, I think. Is that right? Yeah. It was quite a long time. It was great. Yeah, it was. It was. And my, um, I also really had the you know, honor to see your business grow and to be a part of that as the director on the ads team. So I was over kind of the ads management side of your business. But when we started working together, that side was just me and you. So we actually grew that into the full-fledged agency and team that you have today, which I know you've grown it even further since then, which is amazing. Congratulations on that. But it's just been so much fun to help you step in and set up some of those systems and processes and build that team and hire those team members that are now rock stars running your business, um, helping you run your business, I should say, but and working with your clients every day. Yeah, it was so fun working with you. And so I got to see firsthand. So Kayla is really a master. I mean, she started off... We'll, we'll get into her backstory and, and to how she, she got here in a moment. But she started off as a rock star VA. I mean, in our community... So I've spoken a lot about the FinCon community. And our community, it was always like, you know, how can I get Kayla on my team? Because Kayla is doing so much for all of these people who are running super successful businesses. And every single one, a lot of them are my friends and clients. And a lot of them have you know, said, well, Kayla is the one you know, who's helping me run the show behind the scenes and really laying the foundation to help us scale. And that's exactly what Kayla did when I was lucky enough to have you join my team. It started off that we... Do you remember that I asked <laughs> you? I knew I needed help with social media and I knew that you were great at social media. And so I was like, do you have availability by chance? Do you want to come help me out? And you said yes. And so we started you there. But then when we had the the need for growth on the ads team, that's where you really stepped in and helped me develop those processes and systems that we're still using today. And I mean, using really well in a seamless way to consistently onboard new people and new clients. And so, but I couldn't, I mean, I just don't think my business would be where it is today with the ease of that we have with our systems in place today if I didn't have the fortune to work with you at the beginning. So I really appreciate that. So I'm so glad that you agreed to come on and share your your expertise with us today. Well, thank you so much. That was really flattering and exciting and mutually beneficial definitely when we work together because I feel like I learned a lot from working with you as well that I've implemented in my business. So it's definitely been good. I love it. Okay. So let's go back to the beginning. So I know we have like similar stories as how we came online with you had a personal finance blog. So if you can kind of start as to, you know, how you got into this world, what brought you into becoming an entrepreneur? Did you foresee that you would become an entrepreneur and business owner and running your own business and and stepping into the CEO role? How did this come about? Sure. Well, I'll try to keep it kind of the uh, short version of the story, but it started back in 2013. I had graduated college the year prior and my student loans were coming due and I had just bought a house. And so I was starting to kind of feel financially pinched. And I was working a full-time job as a credit analyst at a bank and wasn't really 
loving it. So I was looking for other things to do on the side creatively to fulfill my creative passion. And so I started blogging kind of for fun, really just to kind of figure it out and to have the creative outlet. But the topic I chose to start blogging about was personal finance because I was super stressed about money. And I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this money thing out. I'm going to figure this blogging thing out. I guess I'll just do them together at the same time. Right? So I decided to start a personal finance blog. And after doing that for a few months, I started hearing some blogger friends talking about how they were making money online, working as virtual assistants or freelance writers and doing these different you know, service-based businesses. And I was like, this sounds like a scam. Is this really legit? Can you actually make money online? I don't know. So I started asking probably 150 questions that were really annoying to all of my friends who I knew were freelancing. And then I decided that I was just going to get started and figure out the rest myself because it sounded legit after I talked to them. And I found out that indeed it was because here I am several years later, having taken that freelance virtual assistant business I started in 2013. And I grew it into a full-time business. I was able to quit my job one year later and take my virtual assistant business full-time because I was making more working as a virtual assistant than I was making in my full-time job. And then I had the privilege and pleasure to continue working with more and more business owners and learning lots of things along the way. And as I grew my business, people started coming to me and asking me, how I got started as a virtual assistant and how they could do the same thing. And at first I just, you know, offered all of that information to everyone for free, but I realized that one thing that I was struggling with was helping enough people because there just wasn't enough of me to go around to have one-on-one phone calls with everyone to answer everyone's questions individually, which is why I created my 10k VA course. Um, which is my flagship program where I teach virtual assistants how to start and scale their businesses to earn as much as $10,000 per month, which is how much I was earning when I was working full-time as a virtual assistant with my clients. I love it. And I mean, who better to learn from to, you know, than someone who's been in the weeds, you know, figuring this online world out as a very successful VA. And, you know, as we've talked about, you've worked with many, I mean, successful businesses in the online space, six and seven figure businesses. And you've been really a huge contributor to why those businesses are so successful. So who better to learn from if you want to become a VA? But also you have a find your VA service, right? Mm -hmm. Where you kind of match people because you're not available to be everybody's VA, but you've got these star students who, who come through your program. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So after creating the course, I was no longer working as a virtual assistant at this point myself either, but really more as kind of a project manager and operations manager, helping business owners to really set up those systems. Because a lot of my clients had given me the opportunity or, you know, offered me the opportunity, I suppose, to grow in their roles in their businesses, similar to how I did with your team, to where you know I started out as a virtual assistant, but was able to grow with that entrepreneur and with that business owner into more of a project management type role, where I got to help them then hire a team of virtual assistants to work underneath of me. So I had a lot of experience in hiring as well, which led me to working with business owners in that capacity. But then when they would come to me and say, I really want to hire you to be my VA though. And it's like, well, I'm not doing that anymore. So how can I fill that need? And it was like, I have this whole pool of 10K VA students who've just graduated and are looking for clients. So why not build that bridge and make that connection between the business owners that are coming to me wanting a VA and the VAs who have just taken my course who want clients. So it was just the perfect connection to build that find a VA service. So I can now connect business owners directly with the graduates from my program. 
Cool. So if the listeners wanted to find out more about that, where can they Mm -hmm. go to learn about that service? Because I think that's amazing. Yeah. So that service is available at kaylasloan.com slash find a VA. Cool. And we'll put that in the show notes too. But I think that's a phenomenal service because there was this, you know, issue of supply where you only have, you know, a certain number of hours in the day, you can only take on a certain number of clients. And then you transitioned your business to stop working as a VA yourself so you could help support others with their growth as VAs. And then you had the supply of people who were looking for work. And so it's a great service. And you're always the the go-to when I hear anybody saying that they are looking for a VA and need to find somebody who knows what they're doing and who can get up to speed in my, in my business quickly. You're always the, the go-to. We're always tagging Kayla in our Facebook groups to offer her service, but it's really great. And then you also do six-figure systems. So you added that in at the same time or was that before? When did that come into play? Yeah. Right after launching the course is when I also created my six-figure systems program. So that is how I now work with business owners primarily to help them set up systems and then hire um, their virtual teams. So that program is a, typically a one-on-one program where I will work directly with a business owner because every business is just a little bit different. So I'll work through some of those biggest pain points and create systems and processes to make sure everything flows smoothly. And then if the business owner doesn't already have a team, we will put together job descriptions and postings and get those positions hired and filled and make sure everything's working really smoothly and that the systems have actually been tested during that process as well to make sure that everything's working smoothly as we wrap it up. That's great. I think that's a huge need is for somebody... I mean, I was fortunate to work with you on my team directly, but I mean... Seriously, if I did not have you to step in and help me with that, then I don't think my business would be as strong as it is today. And so that's really something that a lot of businesses need, I think. And I think that's a point where a lot of businesses struggle is just figuring out those systems and what they need and who to hire and and how to hire. And if you're really serious about growing and scaling your business, I mean, you cannot do that without these systems and processes and the team around you to support you. So I think that's phenomenal that you're offering that service and are able to help others just as you helped me. Well, thank you. Yeah, I really enjoy it. It's definitely a fun way to fulfill that creative side I talked about earlier, but also kind of the analytical and organizational side. And so I just, I love it. Very cool. Okay, so that's kind of what your business looks like today. Is there anything else happening that we should know about right now? So we are coming out with a couple of new products this fall. I am launching my first co-created product with my good friend and longtime virtual assistant and team member, Kim. She is another amazing entrepreneur and we are creating a program for virtual assistants to who want to help entrepreneurs launch courses. So it is called Course Launch VA Academy. So within that program, we will teach virtual assistants how they can specifically work with business owners to help them launch courses. That's a huge need as well. I love that you're that you're specializing with all of this. Okay. And what else is happening? And then later this fall, we also have a second product coming out and that is going to be called Podcast VA Academy. And so with that, what we're going to be teaching people is how to become a virtual assistant specifically for podcasters. So if you're a podcaster and you need a VA to be trained up, possibly that could be a fit for one of your team members as well. Wonderful. And then will these graduates of these courses also be part of your Find a VA service? Yes. It's possible that these will also be available through the service. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Okay, good. So I really wanted to have you come on because I want to talk through hiring. So as we've kind of talked about already, you know, it's a huge 
part, if you're serious about scaling your business, then, you know, and if you're listening to this podcast, you are, then you need to build a team around you. And, you know, that, that will look different for every business, but you really need to have that support system in place with the processes, but also the right team members. So I really wanted to pick your brain today about, you know, your best tips for how we can find the right people who we know are going to be a good fit and kind of talk through, you know, what happens when things go wrong. So are you cool with that conversation today? Oh yeah. It's going to be a great one. Okay. So to start off, how do we know? So let's say we're, you know, we're just building our business. We're just getting started. How do we know when it's the right time to hire, when it's the right time to get that help and how much we can afford? Do you have any tips around all of that? How do we know that we're making the best decision for our business that's going to help fuel our growth rather than leave us feeling strapped at the end of the day when we're paying our our team member? Yeah, that's definitely a common question and a common concern, I think, especially when it comes to the money side of things. Um, So I'll definitely make sure I address that piece. But unfortunately, what I see far too often is that those who come to me to hire a virtual assistant are already really overwhelmed. So my first piece of advice, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not overwhelmed. Okay. Well, then you probably need to hire now. I often recommend that you need to hire before you think you really need it because you probably already do. And that's because all of us are probably doing more than we should be. And there is opportunity cost in that too. So we can be doing different things to move our business forward, which I know we're going to be talking a little bit more about what to outsource in a minute. So we'll touch on that. I don't want to get too far in my head of myself. But my biggest piece of advice is to hire before you think you're really ready. Which brings me to the money, right? Because what about the money? I know we're going to talk even more about rates for virtual assistants and all kinds of other pieces too. But if you're struggling with thinking about how you can afford to hire a virtual assistant... It's simply not true that they're too expensive because rates for virtual assistants are very, very affordable. And the best news of all is that most virtual assistants want to work part-time. So that means there's no pressure to provide full-time work for your virtual assistant. You can actually get started working with a virtual assistant with just a few hours a week as few as five to 10 hours, and you can really grow from there, which provides you the flexibility to bring someone on at a low cost or for just a few hours a week, a few tasks here and there to get started as you're just starting to scale your business and bring on team members. Um, You don't necessarily have to commit to someone with full-time hours and full-time pay right away. I think that's great advice. And I think it's it's kind of a mindset shift too, is, you know, feeling like maybe we're just getting our business off the ground and we're just finally starting to actually make some money and be profitable. And, but we're feeling like we can, you know, still handle all the things, but you're Mm -hmm. saying, you know, go ahead and bring somebody on, even if it's just for a few hours a week to help kind of relieve you of some of those things before you get to that overwhelmed feeling Mm -hmm. and that'll help fuel your growth. And I think an important way to look at it is that you are really making an investment in the future of your business by you know being willing to get some help so that you can focus on what you need to focus on. Mm-hmm. So would you agree? Yes, I definitely agree because there's things in your business that you have to do, right? Like you as the business owner, especially if you have a business where you're the face of your business, you know, influencers, course creators, coaches, things like that, right? Like if you're the face of your business, there's things that only you can do in your business, right? Anything that has to do with your face, your voice, your likeness, things like that. If you're the face of your business, that has to be you. 
So you have to be doing those things to push your business forward. You have to have the time and the space and the energy to do those things, which means all the things behind the scenes that you also need to do to keep your business up and running, they're super important. I'm not trying to say they're not, but they don't have to be done by you. Somebody else can be scheduling posts on social media. Somebody else can be replying to your emails. Somebody else can be scheduling blog content. Somebody else can be scheduling your YouTube videos. You know, just a few examples there, you know, offhandedly, but there's just so many things that do need to be done and they are important, but they don't need to be done by you, right? That's exactly right. I totally agree with that. So let's say, okay, so typical online business, you know, we've got some kind of consistent content strategy, right? Whether that's mm-hmm. blogging, podcasting, YouTube, or you know, just consistently posting on social media. Mm-hmm. And then we've got maybe the way that we make money, whether that's via affiliates or sponsorships or you know, our own course or programs, maybe we're a coach. What for like the general, I know this is a very general question, but for general online business, what position would you recommend we hire first? What tasks should we first get off our plate? And Mm -hmm. how do we figure out what kind of person we need? Especially Mm. if we do kind of a lot of things in our business. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So I think there's a couple of questions there. So I'll try to tackle the first one first about what position we should hire. And then maybe we'll talk a little bit about who that person is too. So as far as what position we should hire first, that's definitely the, probably the biggest question I get asked when I first start working with business owners, especially in six-figure systems, because a lot of times business owners come in and they say, oh, I just know I need to hire help because I'm overwhelmed, but I don't know what I need help with, right? So the first thing you need to do if you want to figure out what to hire, if you have no idea at all, is make sure you've done a time and task audit. That's one of my biggest pieces of advice is to figure out what you're spending your time on. If you don't already know that, it's going to be hard for you to know what to outsource. So you need to know where you're spending your time and if those things are the things that are making you money or not. So keep track of those things. Do your time and task audit if you haven't already. Then if you find that you're spending your time on things that aren't really making money or pushing the business forward, you know, visionary type stuff that moves the needle, other things that are not those things can be outsourced or should be outsourced. Okay, so what are those things and what positions should you hire for first? It can vary again from business to business, but a lot of times business owners will decide to outsource the things that they don't want to do, don't like to do, or don't know how to do. If it's the things that you don't want to do and don't like to do, those typically come down to things like email management and admin type work. Those are some of the easiest things to outsource first. They're fairly simple to get someone started with. They're usually a little bit more inexpensive and may require a little bit less training if they're kind of basic admin type things. Okay. So basic admin tasks, like the little things that maybe suck your time and your energy away from your more important things that you're focusing on in your business. Try to start with outsourcing those first. Yes. And then if we were to bring in somebody to take those off our plates, then how much should we expect to pay? Um, I know you said that you know VAs can be relatively affordable. So what is kind of the range for kind of like that entry-level position up to like a more experienced person who's going to help with taking off more off your plate? Sure. So virtual assistants in general, if you are looking to hire someone who's a US-based 
virtual assistant, someone who's just starting out and maybe newer to the field or maybe offering more basic services, again, some of those admin type things we just talked about, maybe charging in the range of $15 to $20 an hour or so. And then if you move into more experienced virtual assistants who have worked with more clients or have been in the industry longer, or maybe even those who offer more technical services or those that require a little bit more skills and knowledge and know-how and things like that, then the rates can be more expensive. It may be 25 to 30 to or even 35 per hour. And then if you move beyond that level, there are you know, virtual assistants who transition into things like project management and some, again, those higher level roles. And that's going to be, again, more expensive. But most virtual assistants in the United States, you're going to be looking around that $20, $25 an hour range for the majority of them. Right. So just breaking that down, I mean, to how it can benefit your business. If you start with somebody, you know, just for easy math, who's $20 an hour and you give them, you know, five hours a week to start, then that's, you're paying just $100 a week to free Mm -hmm. up, you know, hours of your time so that you can reallocate that time either to your family or to your higher priorities in your business. So just, you know, put that into perspective. I love your advice of like, you don't have to start with a full time. You can start with just a few hours a week. Right. I even think about, you know, not to get too far off track with that by any means, but just again, putting that in perspective. Again, if someone, you're paying them $20 an hour, as long as your hourly rate is more than that, you're profiting, right? As long as you're working and making money during that time. So even like for me, when I first started my business, I didn't outsource in my business right away, but I did outsource a couple of household tasks. Like I hired a cleaning lady because I knew I could make more money in the couple of hours she was there cleaning my house than what I was paying her. Right. And better use of your time, right? Yep. Yep. No, I think that's great. And then, I mean, just also thinking about, you know, compared to other things that we're spending our money on that we look at, you know, as investments in our business, it's like, courses and coaching, you know, those things can add up quickly as well. So just, you know, thinking about the areas where you are investing your money, I think if you're not growing your team and not focused on growing your team to help take things off your plate, then, you know, maybe think about reallocating some of those investments into, you know, starting to lay the groundwork to growing your team. I think you have a great point there. And just to kind of another piece of that, that my brain brought to my attention there when you were talking was just that, you know, if you invest in courses to grow your own skills, I think that's great. I love investing in myself and continually learning. And I think that's really valuable, but there's still only so many things that I can do, right? No matter how much I learn, I still only have so many hours in the day. So if I can invest some of my money in someone who already has those skills, A, I don't have to take the time to learn them necessarily if it's something I don't know how to do. And B, you know, again, do I really have time to learn how to do everything myself? Right. That's a good point too. Because now I'm at the point in my business where I've grown my team enough where when I buy courses, you know, I decide if it's a good fit for me to go through the course or if I'm going to have a team member go through the course and then just apply it to my business so that I don't have to. And so I think that's really the sweet spot is to, you know, we all want to continue learning and improving our businesses. But, you know, realize that that's what, you know, your team members can do for you as well is they can, they can take on the learning. That can be one of their assignments. I think one of the best pieces of advice I have heard regarding hiring and making sure you're making a good selection is that smart business owners actually want to be the dumbest one in the room when they have a board meeting or something like that, for instance, or a team meeting, maybe if you want to apply it to your team, right? You want to hire smart, talented people who can provide you with advice and ideas to help you better your business. 
right? So you want to make sure you're hiring those really talented people who can bring things to the table that you don't necessarily have yourself. Absolutely. So you don't want necessarily somebody who can just do what you can do. You want people who bring other skills and other experience to the table. Mm -hmm. So where do we find those top tier virtual assistants? So I know, you know, we already talked about your find your VA service, but where else can we be looking to find those super high quality virtual assistants? Yeah. So it's definitely true that you can post in Facebook groups and find a virtual assistant, right? You and I both know that. And we see those types of posts all the time and they do work, but you may not necessarily always find the best virtual assistants just putting out a blanket post. So if you're really looking for top tier virtual assistants, a few things to do. First, ask your business friends for referrals. I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that I was surprised at how many people I talk to and they say, well, I don't know where to find a virtual assistant. And we start talking about different options. And I say, well, have you even asked your friends, you know, who their virtual assistant is, or if they have any referrals or recommendations. And they're like, well, I didn't even think of that. So always ask your business friends. We share lots of other tips and advice with each other. So I'm not sure why we don't share that with each other too, if our virtual assistants are available for more work. So always ask your business friends. Second tip, I also suggest looking within your own community, which I know is something you've done a great job of, Monica, is looking within your own community because that's someone who's already supportive of you, supportive of your business. They're familiar with your voice and your messaging and what you're about. And that can be a great way to find someone who can be a really great fit for your team over the long term. Yeah. I'll just add to that, that I know you were helping me grow the agency when I sent an email to my email list, which was quite small at the time. But that was one of the most engaged emails. I sent an email saying, we're hiring. And within 24 hours, I had over 90 applications just from my email list alone. And so these were people who are already you know, raised their hand that they wanted to hear from me. They were familiar with my business and they were excited about joining my team to help me run Facebook ads for our clients. So I think that's a great place to look as well. Any other tips around where to look? I would also say to look for virtual assistants who have been trained. So whether it's, you know, again, something like my find a VA service or whether it's some other course or program, try to see if you can find someone who's been through training of some kind or has that experience to back them up. You know, of course, looking at references and seeing what they've done in the past is great. But, you know, even going to those sources to see if they offer a hiring service would be another opportunity to look for someone who's talented. And I think that's great too, because as we're growing, you know, we've talked about our own education and joining courses and programs and coaching and all of that, but we want people on our team who are also, you know, consistent learners, right? That they are active learners where they're seeking that. And you know that if somebody has gone through a program like 10K VA or other, you know, VA programs out there, that they have taken that initiative to go through the program because they want to hit the ground running and they want to hit the ground running doing the best job as, you know, and being the best VA that they can. So that just shows initiative to me for somebody who's taken the time and energy to invest in their own business of becoming a VA. And you know they're going to take it seriously, right? So that means they're much more likely to take your business seriously too and really make sure that they're doing a great job and taking it very, very seriously. Absolutely. So when it comes to hiring, so we know where we can start looking for our next Rockstar VA. Do you have recommendations for what the hiring process should look like to help ensure that we find the best fit for our business and not just somebody who can you know, interview well, but actually somebody who's going to perform well on the job? Yeah. So I think one thing off the bat that you actually hit the nail on the head there, even in the question is interviews. 
I can't believe how many business owners I've talked to that don't interview their virtual assistant. They tell me they've worked with a virtual assistant in the past and it just didn't work out. And I always say, you know, I talk to them about their experience, where they found their virtual assistant and what didn't work and why, you know, trying to figure those things out so we can make sure to have a better fit in the future. And a lot of times I'm surprised by how many business owners don't really take the hiring process seriously when it comes to building a virtual team. I'm not sure if it's because of the virtual nature or if it's because they're hiring a part-time freelancer virtual assistant to come into their business for just five to 10 hours a week. And so they don't take it quite as seriously. But interviews is definitely one of the biggest things. Make sure you have some kind of communication with your virtual assistant during the hiring process besides just email. I think it's really, really important to have a phone call or a Zoom meeting, at least one, if not a couple of them before you actually hire someone to your team. Because not only do you want to make sure that they look great on paper and that they communicate well over email, but you want to make sure that you can have you know a good relationship with them because it has to also be about team culture and fit within your organization as well. That's just going to make your working relationship so much better. No, I love that. You spoke about team culture. That was something that I really, you know, had at the forefront of my mind when I started growing my team is that I wanted to feel like, you know, as much as I am an introvert and I like my alone time and, you know, doing things by myself, I also like to feel like I'm a part of something. And so then when I'm starting to build my business, I wanted to feel like I was building a, you know, not just you know, freelancers or contractors around me, but I wanted team members, people who are really in my business to help, you know, see the vision come to life and not just, you know, do tasks for me to check them off, but, you know, to support me, but to support the vision of what I'm building. So I think that's super important. I was also going to say too, along those same lines, I think one of the best ways to kind of quote, test them just to see like, how close are they paying attention to those instructions and how, you know, how valuable is this role to them is to, you know, provide them with fairly specific instructions for what you're looking for when they're pitching you for the job, you know, have something maybe that's a little off the wall to kind of make sure they're paying attention, whether it's saying that you want a very specific subject line on an email pitch, or maybe you ask them, you know, to send you an email with their favorite type of pizza or something. I don't know, whatever it is that you can come up with creatively, some kind of just little bit off the wall, little random test, just to see how close they're paying attention when you're providing them fairly specific instructions. That's a great tip because then it shows that they are paying attention and they're paying attention to the details of what you're requesting. And so that's a good way to weed out, especially if you do get a lot of applicants, that's a good way to weed people out. If they're not paying attention to the instructions that you're providing, then you know how closely are they going to pay attention to instructions when they're actually on the job working on a task for you? Exactly. So what else? So we have interviews. You mentioned job description. When you're working with your six-figure systems clients, you help them with writing a job description. Do you have any tips for us there? Yes. So again, coming back to that idea of just making sure that it is kind of a formalized process versus it just being kind of this willy-nilly thing where you think, oh, I need to hire a VA. You know, just along those same lines, you should have a job description, just like any, you know, large corporation would have when they're hiring for their team. So having that job description, getting that put together, having a form versus just putting out your email address and making sure you have those specific instructions is going to be a great way to weed down those candidates. I know, Monica, when I worked with you for hiring and you mentioned we got over 90 applications, a big part of that process too was having quick interviews. So besides having you know your longer, in-depth, more traditional job interview, if you have the luxury of already having someone on your team, perhaps you could have a team member pre interview the person for just 10 minutes, just to kind of start to get a feel for that person's 
fit, personality, skill set, all of those types of things to kind of help you pre-screen those applicants. Yeah. And that's something that you helped me with when you were on my team. You, I think that was your idea is to, you know, have the quick phone call or the Zoom call with them to just kind of see, get a feel for their culture. Since you knew, you know, what kind of culture we were building, you know, get kind of a fit of their personality. If we thought that they would, you know, kind of fit in with our culture and also if they had the relevant experience to make them a a strong candidate for the next step. So that's something that we still do. And I'm so thankful that you brought that idea up when we first started growing the team because that's something that has really saved us on you know having my time involved in a whole bunch of interviews when there's a lot of candidates that look strong on paper it helps to whittle that down for the next step mm-hmm. definitely does so any other steps in the hiring process you talked about like the little test that we can do the job description of course needs to be strong and detailed having the pre-interview and the full interview anything else there that we should be thinking about I think as you kind of wrap up that period and you get ready to make that offer, one last piece to keep in mind is that you don't necessarily have to make one final specific offer, if that makes sense. What you could do is bring on possibly a couple of people and do a trial project or a a trial period or a test project of some sort with a couple of virtual assistants. I've had several clients uh, who, for instance, have been content creators and was hiring a editor and actually hired you know, and two editors to do a test edit each before picking one candidate. You could do the same thing with a virtual assistant, um, depending on, you know, what type of project it is. So that is another piece that I recommend too, especially if you're kind of narrowing it down, you have it down to a couple of candidates and trying to pick between them is possibly doing a test project. But even beyond that, again, going back to the trial period too, even if you do make an offer, you may still have a trial period of, you know, 30, 60 days, 90 days, something like that to where you can make sure that it's a fit for you, but it's also a fit for the virtual assistant. And you both kind of have an out, quote unquote, if it's not. I love that. Okay. That's so perfect. That is great advice. So once we find, you know, who we think is our going to be our next Rockstar VA to really help us grow and support our team, how do we start building that trust with them? How do we know how much you know, decision-making we should give them? How can we kind of test the waters to see? So during that trial period, how can we kind of test the waters to see that, yes, that things are going to go well here? Does that make sense? What can we do to help build that trust along the way? Yeah, I think there's several things you can do to help kind of build that trust. And I think a lot of it really starts even just with building the relationship so that there can be trust. And so really a lot of that starts with communication. And one thing that I really appreciated about you, Monica, and that I actually carried forward after working with you is that I loved that you had weekly Zoom team meetings. A lot of the clients I worked with would have them irregularly or would communicate mostly via email and their task management tool, you know, like Asana or Trello or something like that. But they didn't always make a point to get together as a group to create that culture. And I feel like that's something that you did a great job of. And it is something now that I recommend to all of my clients is that they, at least to start out with, meet with their virtual assistant on a very regular basis, whether that's weekly, whether that's even checking in you know, every day for the first few days to make sure that things are going well, just depending on, you know, how many hours that virtual assistant's working, what type of tasks they're doing, you know, may change how often you check in with them. But the point being that over-communicating in the beginning is going to be one of the best ways to really start that relationship out in a strong way and really start to build that trust between you and your virtual assistant because you both have to trust each other. I agree. And thank you. Yeah, we still do weekly team meetings. And that has been a strong source, even though like 
you know, it seems like we should be buckling down and actually just getting work done. It really does help to us, you know, for us to come together, talk about our goals, talk about what we're doing this week to ensure that we're moving forward on our goals. And it has contributed immensely to keeping us focused on what we're supposed to be doing with our time and what comes up at that may be a distraction that's kind of, you know, pulling us away from that. So Mm -hmm. that's been a huge part of our business as well. And so what other tips do you have for communicating? So, you know, weekly team meetings, how should people... Is there like a best way to communicate other than like weekly meetings? I know on our team, we still use Voxer. I know we used it when you were on the team too. We use Voxer to communicate, you know, pretty much daily on what's going on, the things that we're working on. Do you have like a best practices as far as communication there? So I definitely recommend, again, having those weekly team meetings, like you mentioned first. And then in between those, we also on my team and uh, for a lot of clients I've worked with too, will communicate in our task management tool. So I always recommend a task management tool. If you don't have one already, you need to have one before you hire a team because it'll help you keep everything organized. It's really hard to operate and grow a team without some sort of task management tool. And what I mean by that is something like Trello, Asana, ClickUp, something like that. There's tons of them to choose from, but that can also be a way for you to keep track of tasks and projects, but also communicate with your team through comments and chats and things like that. A lot of teams also use more of an instant chat tool. You mentioned Voxer. That's a great one. It has a text feature and a voice feature, or you can use something like Slack. I know a lot of teams will use that too for faster kind of quick questions and things like that for communication. So definitely recommend talking with your virtual assistant about, you know, what their preferred method of communication is versus yours, but you know, figuring that out together and making sure that you keep those communication lines open. Wonderful. So what happens when, you know, something doesn't go well and, you know, there might be an issue that comes up. How do we know if there's just a need for more coaching, you know, a little bit better training? Maybe we didn't give them all the, you know, specific instructions that they need. You know, how do we know if it's just a, a training or coaching issue? Versus, you know, this isn't really working out and we should, you know, I've heard the term hire slow, fire fast. So how do we know, you know, we don't want to sever a relationship if we don't need to, if there is that potential for more coaching. Do you have any guidance there around how we can kind of figure out, you know, when something's not going quite right? Yeah, that's a great question. And of course, you always want things to go really, really well, but... Unfortunately, that's not always the case. So when things start to kind of go wrong or don't seem like they're going very well, one of the first things to come back to is that communication piece like we talked about earlier. Are you communicating often? Are you communicating well? If not, get on a one-on-one call. And that's another piece I wanted to mention too, is just making sure that you have time for your team to come to you one-on-one. Even if your business you know, is growing and it's super fast paced, making sure that they know they have a space with you is going to help kind of create that trust. But even when things aren't going well, that'll come into play here too, because they'll feel like they can come to you if things aren't going well, right? So you want to create that kind of safe space where they do feel like they can come to you and tell you if they don't feel like things are going well. But from your perspective, if things aren't going well, again, coming back to that communication. And I would say offering resources. That's the first thing I do too, is I always ask, you know, what can I do to better provide you with what you need to do your job, right? Like if they're not completing all of their tasks or something like that, you know, what could you provide them to help them do a better job? I always ask that first, but you know, there are times that it's not you. And what do you do when it's not and it's time to let someone go? Usually I say, trust your gut, right? You know, when it's 
time to let someone go when things aren't going well or it's repeated and over and over again and you find yourself revisiting the same issue, it could be that you know maybe it's just not a fit with that particular person. And that does happen from time to time too. That's great advice. So do you have, I mean, should there be any kind of probationary period or should we, you know, just see that something's not going well and it's been a repeated issue? Do you have any thoughts around that? Yeah, I say that's really up to the business owner. Most of my clients and myself, I guess I haven't really had to use a trial period. I've seen a few people use them from time to time or not a trial period, but a probationary period. Is that what you said? I think so. Yes. I haven't seen a lot of people use them when working with freelancers. But that doesn't mean that there's not a place for them. I think there is an opportunity for them to be used successfully and as a tool for um, maybe your team member to recognize that things aren't going well or that you're not happy with how things are and for them to improve. Unfortunately, it seems like a lot of times though, it does end up kind of being on the path towards the end um, in my experience. Have you used them successfully? I have actually. So a lot of times, so I've had it where it's an issue of, you know, we talk to the person where we're seeing an issue, you know, being a repeated issue and we've been, you know, coaching them around it. But then we see we're kind of getting to like, well, maybe this just isn't working. And so we'll talk through about what needs to happen, you know, what needs to change in order for this to work out for, you know, the both of us. And then we kind of set a deadline, whether it's a week or two weeks about like, we really need to see, you know, marked improvement in this time period. And sometimes I've done that. And then I've seen that the week or two goes great. But then after that, we're right back to same old habits. So that's when I know, okay, you know, the chance was given. I did what I could to try and and help them be successful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Be successful and understand, you know, what the needs of the role are. And then I've had to let them go. But I've also had it where then somebody really shows their true colors and how they really do want to be an important team player and really step up to that challenge and then i mean continued improvement beyond you know and and always i like to keep in mind that we're all human there are going to be mistakes made that's just the way of life and we also what i'm working on is you know as you know i've always been i've had a huge attention to detail you know and i like things to go a certain way and you know have the quality that i'm expecting be met. And so what I'm you know, working on is kind of allowing that there will be little things that occur, but I need to, you know, move my focus away from them if, you know, if things are not always going to be perfect, is what I'm trying to say. And mm-hmm. so I need to uh, kind of accept that, that we're going to, you know, try and be as polished and get close to perfection as we can, but also accept that that's not always going to be the case. And that has to be okay because I can't get stuck myself in having my attention be on those nitty gritty details, which, you know, allows me to kind of reframe my focus away from what I really should be spending my attention and energy on. So that's something that I'm working on with all of this. But yeah, so to your question, we have seen it work successfully, but other times we've seen it kind of just kind of delay the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is, again, kind of coming back to just differences between kind of freelance work culture, so to speak, and kind of corporate America, so to speak. Again, I I just haven't seen a lot of business owners use some of those more traditional hiring and firing tools. That doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have a place. It just means that they haven't been, I guess, as widely used. And maybe that is something that you should test out in your business if you are experiencing these issues and maybe find a way to kind of adapt those to 
you know, your smaller role, obviously, because there are, you know, limitations to a smaller business that we can't always do everything that corporate America does in some of those instances. But I think there are ways to offer people chances and opportunities to improve and resources to better do their job and things like that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the biggest mistakes you see that business owners are making when they're trying to grow their team? So one of the biggest mistakes I see business owners make is not having systems in place before they hire their first virtual assistant. So as I kind of mentioned earlier, usually business owners, when they get ready to hire their first virtual assistant, are really overwhelmed before they take that hiring step. And so at that point, they have way too much work on their plate. They're drowning. They don't know what to do. They don't even know exactly what they need to outsource. They just know that they need to outsource something now because they need help today right? And when that happens, what that usually means is that they also haven't had any time to make sure that they have things prepared for their virtual assistant to be successful. When things don't work out between virtual assistants and business owners, sometimes it's on the virtual assistant and sometimes it is on the business owner. And a lot of times if it is, it's just because of the systems and the communication not being in place because the business owner is too overwhelmed. So that's why I always try to recommend to people to try to hire before you're at that point of overwhelm. So you can really just keep your business growing smoothly. Yeah, I think that's great advice because I think one of the reasons why I've been able to successfully grow my business and my team is because you and I work together so closely on implementing those systems from the forefront. And of course, you know, systems and processes always evolve over time. And so we'll, you know, find areas that are missing and we'll tweak them. But um, just know that, you know, you need a, a starting point. And then, I mean, something that I did very successfully with you is I said, okay, Kayla, you're going to, you know, help me with creating the systems, we're going to work together to figure out what our processes are. And then I put it on you to document it, which I was very pleased to be able to do that because I knew that was not something that I wanted my time being focused on. And then it worked out really well, obviously, because I've got the systems queen who helped to lay those out. And so we're still using those processes and systems today. So that's actually something I was going to mention to you earlier too, is that a great way to build some additional trust in your team too, is to put some of that on them a little bit to give them kind of that ownership and ask them to create the standard operating process or, or procedures or whatever that you know looks like in your business. Ask them to create those for their tasks. Give them ownership kind of over that area of work, right? And it proves to you that A, they know what they're doing because they had to create the process. If they create the process and you read it and it's wrong, then they obviously didn't understand the instructions, right? So it also kind of helps you to test whether or not they understand exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And also that it helps with cross-training too. So something that we've had a big focus on with our team is that, you know, no one person is the only person who knows how to do something. So that we'll have somebody, maybe they take the lead on creating the process, but then we make sure that there, you know, there is a process so that other people can learn it. And, you know, if that person goes on vacation or they, you know, end up leaving the team at some point that we've got that kind of nailed down and we're not kind of shooting ourselves in the foot because we've lost that person. They they went away. I mean, there are life events. There are things that happen. And so your team members may not always be with you. You know, as we've talked about, you were with me for quite a long time. But then, you know, as your business grew, it made sense for you to focus on your own business. And so anyway, so just keep that in mind that, you know, this may not be forever, especially, you know, even if you find a, a rock star that they may grow and evolve over time, but you can at least capture what their knowledge and their experience and expertise in paper or in video or however that looks like to you, but make sure that you are doing that. Mm -hmm. Definitely agree. And, you know, even though I love systems and that's my language, like it's 
systems are my love language, but even though I love them and I know that they are a great piece to have in place before you have a virtual assistant so that VA can be successful. Just as you mentioned though, you can start with what you have hire a virtual assistant and create that process and system together. That's also a real possibility. So I only say that because I've also had plenty of clients come to me scared to hire because they don't have a system. So if you have a system in place, that is great. And that will really help your virtual assistant be successful from day one when you hire them. But if you don't have a system in place, that doesn't mean you can't hire. It just means you have to do things a little bit differently. And it may be a little bit more difficult in the very beginning stages as you're working on training a new team member and creating that process together. But once that's done, you'll have a team member who's ready to rock and roll with that process because they were there during the creation of it. Absolutely. So when we hire our VAs, do you recommend hiring them as employees or contractors? Do you have kind of a rule of thumb? Does it depend on the business? What are your thoughts there? So most virtual assistants are working as freelancers or contractors. Most are not looking for employment, uh, like W-2 traditional employment, but that doesn't mean that you can't find someone who would be interested in that. Um, There definitely are some virtual assistants out there who are looking for more of a, you know, stable opportunity and might be interested in something like that. So it's definitely not off the table. If you're working with someone who is a freelancer or a contractor versus an employee, of course, it may be a little bit different in terms of what their working hours are or their availability or things like that. Because there are just a few, I guess, differences and rules between hiring employees versus contractors. And so with the contractors, because that's how my team is built, is that everybody's a team member. I feel like they're part of my team, but everybody is a virtual contractor. So I have contracts for all of my team members. Is there anything, I know you're not a lawyer, so (laughs) we'll put that disclaimer out there, but is there any, you know, kind of special language, anything we should be thinking about as we're putting that contract together to protect us and the business, but also our team member that we're hiring? Yeah. So contracts are really, really, really important. And I definitely tell everyone who asks about contracts that they must be signed by both people, by the virtual assistant and by the client before any work happens, before any money changes hands, anything like that. You need to make sure you have a contract. It's really important. If you are working with someone already and you don't have a contract, go get a contract like now, like hit pause and go make the contract right now because it's super important to make sure that you're protected as the business owner and it also protects your virtual assistant. So it's really important for both people to make sure that there's a contract. Now, as far as what to include in your contract, again, I'm not a lawyer, so this is just some recommendations in general. You'll want to make sure that you have a well-defined scope of work. So what are the projects and tasks that your virtual assistant is going to be working on? And having that pretty well-defined is going to be something that makes sure that your expectations are met and your work is done by your virtual assistant. In addition, of course, to making sure that they check the tasks off in your task management system and get those things done on time. But that scope of work, it was really where you come back to. If you ever have a dispute on your contract, you need to make sure that that stays fairly well up to date. And that's probably one of the pieces of the contract that gets updated or should get updated most often if the role is changing over time. Then you should also make sure that you have a section in the contract about working hours and availability, um, especially with contractors, since we know that they set their own schedules. We just need to make sure it's written in there somewhere so that both parties know when the working hours are, when work should be completed, and also you know, when people are available for communication and things like that. So we can all work within our ideal work schedules. Um, another big thing is 
pay and frequency, which kind of ties into that as well, as far as how often your contractors will be paid, when that will be taking place, how they'll be paid. All of those things should be spelled out in your contract as well. The biggest piece to the last thing I can think of is having something like an NDA, non-disclosure agreement. That's a huge piece to make sure that your client information, your proprietary information, all of that is protected. So that needs to make sure that that's in your contract as well. Perfect. Anything else around contracts? The last piece that sometimes I get asked about is a non-compete. And some contracts will have that, some will not. It's really just going to depend on you and the virtual assistant. Um, And that would definitely be a point of discussion that you would want to have before you would just put that in the contract and send it over to your virtual assistant. You'd want to talk about it first. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is something that we have language that we have in our contracts because, you know, we are managing ads for our clients. And so we want to make sure that, you know, our team members aren't going to try and, you know, steal away our clients. We've never had that happen, thankfully. But, you know, we just don't want there to be any kind of conflict of interest. And so that's where the non-compete language comes into play. And we do mention that in the interview and, Actually, I think now we mentioned it before the interview because we want to make sure that if we're getting to the interview stage, that that's not going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. That's smart. So we have talked about so much today. Thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else, any other tips or advice when it comes to hiring and growing our teams? Have fun with it. Growing your team can be a really great way to grow your business and have more fun with your business because ideally it should be freeing up your time so you can focus on the things that you want to do and the things that actually need you as the business owner to get done. That's great advice. I mean, it is fun. It is so fun. So my team and I were actually having a virtual hangout tonight on Zoom because we, you know, when we are hanging out together during the workday, we are, you know, chatting about work and being very focused with our time. So, you know, we don't get derailed, but we do enjoy working with each other. And so we decided to, you know, every so often have these like kind of hangouts where we can just kind of relax, kick back and enjoy hanging out with each other virtually. So it can be a really great source of fun for your business as well. So Kayla, where can people go? Where should people go to follow you, to learn more about you, to learn more about your offerings? We talked about your Find a VA service. We talked about six-figure systems. Where should people go to learn more about those things? Yes. The best place to go is to just head on over to my website. That's at kaylasloan.com. I also hang out on social media. Um, Primarily, I'm enjoying Instagram and Facebook these days. And on all of those platforms, you can find me. It's at Kayla R. Sloan. Wonderful. Yay. Thank you so much, Kayla. This was a wealth of information. It was so great as always to chat with you. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I absolutely love that. It's always great to chat with Kayla. So I want to thank Kayla once again for joining me on the podcast today and sharing her story and all her great wisdom with us. Kayla and I would love to hear your biggest takeaways from this interview. So share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 65, or you can tag us on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica, and she is at Kayla R. Sloan. You can find all the links and resources that Kayla and I mentioned in this episode at monicalouie.com slash 65. And thank you so much for joining Kayla and me today. If you are ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then I want to let you know that my next live Facebook ads challenge is coming up. I've done a few live challenges in the past and they've been a ton of fun. And most importantly, the participants have gotten great results. And you can sign up to be the first to be notified at monicalouie.com slash challenge. And if you're serious about conquering Facebook ads right now, then check out my signature training program, Flourish with Facebook Ads. 
This program is for those who are ready to implement a high converting Facebook and or Instagram ad strategy to grow and scale their businesses. You can check that out at monicalouie.com slash flourish. And if you are interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. As I mentioned, I will have all the links and resources that we mentioned today in the show notes, and you can find those at monicalouie.com slash 65. If you have found this helpful, please leave a rating and review so that more people can find this podcast. It truly helps the podcast get found by more people. And subscribe so you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. And next week, we're taking a behind the scenes look at how I've grown my team and scaled my business to multiple six figures in just two years. Plus, I have a super special guest joining me. Please join me next week on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. Flourish.